revealing grace empowering transformation the message of grace with pastor daniel manyanga and now today's word why transformation why transformation we are living in a world which is changing at an alarming speed the changes we are seeing and experiencing are coming from different corners of the world there are multiple players to these changes we can talk of the political the business the entertainment and arts the media and obviously the religious world these are some of the major players in the changes we are seeing in our world today not forgetting the technological world because we're living in the information and technological world era the changes which are happening are affecting both believers and non-believers church people and unchurched people no one is immune to these changes and there seems to be little that can be done to counteract the effects of these changes and i'm reminded of the 2007 to 2008 global financial crisis it was a change which forced even churches to reevaluate what they do and how they do what they do the impact of technology on both the young and the old is so obvious. It's undeniable. The changes surrounding us are forcing many people to embrace a new set of values and customs. Many people have been and are being shaped or they are being molded by the changes in our world today. Now, trying to fight these changes one by one is a chasing after the winds. However, the scripture still declares that we should not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Rather, we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2. And I'm convinced beyond any shadow of doubt that while there are so many changes that we do not have control over, there is only one that we do have control over. There is only one we can decide upon. Now, this one change has the power to counteract every other change in our lives. And this is the reason why we are in this season of transformation. While the world is changing and is being changed, a believer ought to be found already in a process of change. And this is what the scripture refers to as, um, as transformation. Transformation is defined as to change into another form. It is to remodel. It means to become completely, to become completely different. Now, the chief goal of transformation in this season is developing into the image of Christ. The chief goal of transformation in this season is developing into the image of Christ. It's a call to become like Christ in increasing measure. Now, by the grace of God, allow me to share with you an important message that you must not only know, but one that you must practically live. Now, to easily understand, there are a few questions which we must answer in the coming weeks. And today, we are going to answer the first question, which is, why transformation? And this becomes the title of my message today. Why transformation? Why developing into the image of Christ?
Now, in order for us to answer this question, there is one key word that I want to draw your attention to. It is the word image, developing into the image of Christ. It is the word image. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter number 1, if you read from verse number 26, God speaking, he says, Let us make mankind in our image. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all creatures that move along the ground. But the key word is, let us make mankind in our image. This number 27, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, by just listening to this portion of the scripture, the writer calls our attention to this word image. He repeats it quite so often, the word image. Now, when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he created them in his very own image. And that image was pure. That image was perfect. Up and until that day when the devil came into the Garden of Eden and he tempted Adam and Eve to disobey God. And the very moment Adam and Eve yielded to that temptation, the image of God, the perfect image of God which was upon them was corrupted perfect image of God upon them became corrupted. It became imperfect. Why am I drawing your attention to this fact? Because when you get to chapter number five of the book of Genesis, chapter number five, verse number three, the writer of the book of Genesis says, when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. Now, it's important for us to understand that from the day Adam and Eve sinned, everyone who was born by Adam and Eve, they were born into the image. They were born with the image of Adam, the corrupted image, the imperfect image. That's what we see on everyone who was born by Adam and Eve. Now, to fully understand this, let me draw your attention to the two federal heads of the human race. The two federal heads and representative of the human race or of creation. The first one is Adam and the second one is Jesus the Christ. The first federal herd and representative of the first creation is Adam. And the second one is Jesus the Christ. Now, the, the key characteristic of a federal herd and a representative of the human race is that what that individual does has universal consequences. What that individual herd does it carries universal consequences. It carries universal consequences. Let, let me just illustrate this. Now, if I'm going to drive my car and uh, my destination 
is meant to be Birmingham. Is meant to be Birmingham. Now, the moment I get on the driving seat and my wife is sitting there and my two kids are at the back and we, I'm supposed to drive the car towards Birmingham. But it so happens that I begin to drive the car towards South End on Sea. Now, it's, on, it's not only the driver on the steering who is going to get lost, but it's everyone who is in that car. Now, that's the effect of a federal head. So when we say Adam is the federal head and what he did had universal consequences, that means everyone who was born after the image of Adam, they were born with a corrupt image. We were born lost. We were born into sin. Now, let's, let's look at a few scriptures that show that Adam was a federal head. The Bible says in the book of, uh, in the book of Romans, chapter number 5, verse number 14. The Bible says, Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. In other words, now Adam is a symbol, is a representation of Christ, who was yet to come, if you read that from the New Living Translation. Now, Adam is a symbol, is a representation of Christ, who was yet to, was yet to come. Now, going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 45, I'll read from verse number 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a living spirit. That's comparing Adam and Jesus Christ. Verse 46. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man, one, the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man of, is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, you and I, by virtue of being born in this world, we are born, we are born in the image of of the first man. We are born in the image of Adam. Now, you don't need to do anything for you to be born with in that image. All you need to do is just to be born in this world. We are born in that corrupted image. Now, let me now draw your attention to the second federal head, who is Jesus the Christ. And the most important thing for you and I to understand is that Jesus did not take on himself the image of Adam. He did not take on himself the corrupted and the imperfect image, but he took the direct image of God. He took the direct image of God. And let me draw your attention to the book of Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 15. And the Bible says, The Son, referring to Jesus, the Son is the image of the invisible God. The Son is the invisible image of God, the firstborn over all creation. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. 
2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Who is the image of God himself. Now, the last scripture, Hebrews chapter number Hebrews chapter number 1. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 1, verse number 3. And the Bible says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The other version, it says, the exact image of God. That's why even John chapter number 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Christ had the image of God, the exact image of God upon him. And Christ being the federal head of the new creation, it means anyone who is in Christ is created in the image of Christ. Everyone who is born again is created in the image of Christ. And this has been the purpose of God from creation. Romans chapter number 8 Romans chapter number 8, I'll read from verse number 28 uh, through to 29. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Listen to this now. We have been called according to his purpose, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So everyone who is born again is born into the image of Jesus the Christ. And this has been the purpose of God. Second Corinthians uh, chapter number 5, verse number 17. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new has come. The old pertains to the to, to the one uh, of Adam and the new pertains to the one that Christ brought. And the scripture is saying, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All I'm trying to say to you is that once you are born again, the new federal head becomes Jesus the Christ. And what he did carries universal consequences. Now, the question that we I here to answer today is the question which says, why should we be transformed into the image of Christ? Why then should we be transformed into the image of Christ? Because in understanding or answering this question is going to help us to understand the purpose of this season. And we are in a season of transformation, a season of developing into the image of of Christ. Now, to fully understand why we should be transformed into the image of Christ, let's look back into the book of Genesis. Let's cast our eyes on Adam and Eve before they sinned. In other words, before the image of God upon them was corrupted because of sin. 
That's where we get the clue and that's where the answer is. Now, when you look into the scriptures, the Bible says, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. And let this man rule over the fish of the sea. Let this man rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the earth. Now, there are four purposes why man was created in the image of God that helps us to understand why we should be transformed into the image of Christ. Four purposes. Number one, we are cre- we are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of relationship. For the purpose of relationship, the reason God gave man His image, it is number one for the purpose of relationship. It was through Adam that God created a family. God made a family. And when you read Genesis chapter number 3 uh, verse, number, verse number 8, the Bible says then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? Now this was the custom of God to visit man in the cool of the day for fellowship for relationship now what god wants in your life is a relationship with you what god wants in your life is a fellowship with you to commune with you so this season of transformation has come to us number one for the purpose of relationship that that is the heartbeat of god to be in a relationship with him and that was made possible not by what Adam did, but by what Jesus Christ did. He came and he restored that relationship that was broken. He came and, and, and he redeemed us and he reconciled us back to God. Now, us who were no longer a people, the Bible now calls, we are now a people. John chapter number 1 verse 12. To those who believed him. He gave them the right to be called the children of God. Everything that we had lost in the Garden of Eden because of what Adam did was restored in Christ Jesus. So the moment we place our faith in Christ Jesus, we are born again into the image of Christ. The image that is perfect. The image that is not corrupted. So the first purpose of us being created in the image of God, in the image of Christ, it is for the purpose of relationship. And it becomes very important for us to be intentional in investing in our relationship with Christ. To get to know him. To grow in our walk with him. That is why one of our statement of confession this year it says, my spiritual walk is rising up. In this season of transformation, my spiritual walk is rising up. Your spiritual walk talks about your relationship with God. How close you are with him your walk with him, your daily walk with him, not just a Sunday walk with him, but your daily walk with him. So it's important for you and I to understand that God has given us this season of transformation for the purpose of a relationship, for the purpose of developing in our relationship with Jesus the Christ. Number two, we are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of a representation. 
for the purpose of representation. Now, Adam was created in the image of God, and God invested his power of rulership in Adam. So, Adam was meant to rule the earth on behalf of God. He was supposed to stand up and represent God on earth. So, this season of transformation has come to us for the purpose of representation. We are to develop into the image of Christ. We are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of representation, to be able to stand up and represent him here on earth. Now, Jesus Christ, who was the exact image of Christ, who was the exact image of God, everything that he did on earth, he represented God. That's why he was able to stand up and say, I do what I see my father do. And I only say what my father has already said. What's that? He is representing God. Another way to look at it is this. You are an ambassador of God. You are an ambassador. You represent God. Which means when the moment you open your mouth to speak, you, you, you've got to be conscious that you are representing God. The words that come out of your mouth, they must reflect a person who represents God, who represents Jesus the Christ. The life that we live, it should, it should reflect a people that are representing God. Now, we do not only represent God, Christ at a church on a Sunday, but we represent Christ in our workplaces. We represent Christ in our schools. We represent Christ in our community. We represent Christ in our societies. We represent Christ wherever we are. Why? Because we are being transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of representation, for the purpose of representing him on earth. And may I urge you, Church of the Living God, in this season and this hour, may the words that come out of our mouth reflect a people that are speaking on behalf of heaven. That's why Matthew chapter number 16, it says, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. This is only possible to a people that are representing heaven, where heaven has to come into agreement with what you've said here on earth. Why? Because you are representing heaven. Purpose number three, we are created in the image of Christ for the purpose of manifestation. God said to Adam, who, who, who beard his image. God said to Adam, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and have dominion. So in other words, God gave a dominion mandate to Adam. God gave a dominion mandate to Adam. He gave him the power to rule the earth. And I strongly believe that the church of the living God that carries the image of Christ on it is called for the purpose of manifestation. We are called to exercise rulership on behalf of Christ. We are called to exercise dominion on behalf of Christ. That's why he gave us his power. And in Matthew chapter number 28, he says, all power has been given unto me. And after that, he goes on to say, now go therefore into the world. We are going into the world to exercise the power of Christ, to manifest his power on earth. Your life and my life is not the one to be dominated by the powers of darkness, but it is for you and I to rise up and exercise the power that Christ has invested in us. 
I think it's in the book of Romans chapter number 8, which says the same power that rose Christ from the dead is the same power that is at work in you and I. Is the same power that is at work in you and I. God has invested so much in you, in you and I so that we're able to manifest his power on earth. And may your prayer and my prayer be the one that says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Purpose number four. Why are we created in the image of Christ? We are created in the image of Christ for the purpose of reproduction. For the purpose of reproduction. Adam was supposed to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish the earth, to fill the earth. In other words, it's a call to be fruitful. It's a call to be fruitful. Now, because of the image of God upon our life, we, we, we have a DNA of fruitfulness in us. We have a DNA of fruitfulness in us, in our lives. Why? Because number one, God is fruitful. God reproduces. Christ reproduced. I'm not talking about the biological reproduction, but I'm talking about the spiritual reproduction. Christ reproduced himself in the 12 apostles. In the 12 apostles, they reproduced themselves. And today, we are standing here, standing in the full blessing of salvation because of what Christ did. He reproduced himself. And the mandate upon the church is the mandate to reproduce, to go and make disciples. To go and make disciples. Now, these are the four purposes of this season. And my word of encouragement to you today is that it is important for you and I to understand the purpose and the reason for this season of transformation. The purpose of this season is for you and I to develop in our relationship with God. The purpose of this season, it is for you and I to rise up and represent God here on earth. And the purpose of this season is for you and I to manifest the power of God on earth. And number four, the purpose of this season is for you and I to reproduce. It's for reproduction. To go and make disciples. To go and share the word of God. And win souls for Christ. That is the purpose of this season. Remember the world is changing. Everything around us is changing. And I'm convinced beyond any shadow of doubt that in especially in 20 in, in year 2017 there's going to be so many changes especially on the religious platform there's going to be so many changes on the political platform and these changes they are going to force many people to compromise their faith they're going to force many believers to embrace a different kind of of values a different kind of of customs to live by but the scripture hasn't changed the scripture says do not be conformed do not be shaped do not be molded by the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are in this season of transformation, a season of developing in the image of Christ. And my prayer to you is that may you embrace this season with understanding. That's the only way we can benefit from this season. Seasons come and seasons go. But it will be important for you to make sure that in this season, you benefit 
fully completely totally from this season of transformation why transformation for the purpose of relationship representation manifestation and reproduction god bless you